0: We are bringing together imperfect people in pursuit of a whole life. Welcome to the Pathfinder Church message podcast. This week, Pastor Doug shares his message on personalized wisdom from our series, A Life Built to Last. Well, welcome to 2022. And I don't know about you, I am very ready to turn the page on 2021 and start carving out a little better life this year. And as I I think about that, I, I wanna do like what we just saw in that video i want to build a really quality life this year i I want to to be better in my relationships i want to be more fulfilled uh, at work i I want to be accomplishing the things i want i don't want to build an ikea version of life i want something that's meant to last and so as we we dive into this series in january I, I i don't want to settle settle for swedish particle board i want good old American Amish mahogany to make a life out of. But what I notice is that as I think about that and whether you're a resolutions person or a goals person or however you enter into a new year is that I, I tend to turn towards uh, you know, modern day uh, advice and books about how to live a better life more than I tend to turn towards scriptural wisdom. You see, I, I, I naturally believe that that diet that that book recommends, or that particular exercise regimen, or, or, or the book that's gonna finally tell me how to organize my life and get everything done more efficiently, see, I, I believe that those things are going to help me, because they were written in the last couple of years. That's like the height of wisdom. And there's a little bit of a skepticism, a distrust towards ancient words that were written thousands of years ago. How could those possibly have any bearing on the better life I want to build today? And what I've I've noticed is that in myself, and I think even amongst believers, that there's a a fear a, a skepticism that says that if we tried to actually follow the Bible, if we tried to do things God's way, that that would actually come at the cost of our best life. That if we truly wanted to fix our, our relationships and, and our health uh, and, our, and our jobs, uh, that if we tried to do it the biblical way, it would actually not work out well for us. And we, we don't want to willingly submit the way we spend our time, the way we spend our money, to what the Bible says about how we should do it. And, and as I wrestle with that feeling and that fear, even in myself, I, I feel like there are a couple of reasons why that happens, that, that, that when it comes to, to trying to decide whether the Bible wisdom is really the best way for our life today, uh, there, there are two main reasons that I've noticed about why, why I'm a little skeptical and why I think people around me are skeptical. See, we're afraid that, that the Christian ideal of life uh, is either too boring or it's too hard One of those two things tends to trip me up. I I tell you, I experienced this when I was in high school and I was starting to apply to colleges. And there was a Christian college that had a great academic reputation uh, in in the country still does. Um, And as I did a little more research on that college, I discovered that that they took their Christian values very seriously. And so if you attended college there, uh, you would be expected to conform to a Christian ideal of living. That at this college, students there, you will not, there is no smoking, There is no drinking, there is no dancing, there is no card playing. I did not apply to that college. I'll tell you this, as someone who's now gotten through college, it was the card playing that got me through. The nights staying up with my friends, playing cards all night long, that was how I got through college. I don't think I would have graduated if I'd gone to that other college. Not only that, dancing is how I found out that I was in love with my wife wouldn't have gone well if I'd gone to that college where dancing was not allowed. And you've probably met people like that, right? These people that are holy and yet they live lives that seem like they are, they're boring and, and, and devoid of joy or delight. Why would anyone want that? If that's what's in the Bible, then yeah, of course we're not going to turn there for, for guidance on how to carve out a better life for ourselves. But maybe you, you, you've seen something better than that, you realize that that's not all the Bible is about, that's not what, what Christian living uh, is about, It is no pleasure, no fun, no, no delight. You really wanna try and live the way God wants us to live and yet you've discovered, like many of us have, that when you start looking at these precepts in the Bible, these standards for life, these moral values, they're hard. They're really difficult. In fact, they they seem too impossible. Uh, G.K. Chesterton, great writer from the last century, uh, he summarizes it this way. He says, the Christian ideal, it's not that it's been tried and found wanting. It's that it's been found difficult and left untried. And and so we don't. We we just kind of look at it and we say, oh, man, like there's all these rules about how I should live, how I I should comport myself at at work and my relationships sexually, and it just seems too impossible, too high of an ideal. We don't even give it a chance. And and so whether it's that the ideal is too boring or that it's too hard, we turn to other sources of wisdom. We, We try to carve out our own way and figure out the best we can do on our own rather than thinking that maybe the Bible has something important for us, even here and now today in 2022. There's something to learn. And in fact, that's what I think the book of Proverbs Is about. We're going to be talking about this book for the month of January, and Proverbs has this uh, idea of wisdom in it, and that Proverbs paints this much more interesting, beautiful picture of wisdom than what I think we tend uh, to see around us in, in daily living. See, Proverbs kind of paints this picture that we have a God who created the universe, who knows how he designed it to work, and so that creation is actually hardwired to function in a certain way, and, and, and Proverbs describes a, a wisdom that says that when we figure this out, when we track along, it actually means that we're working uh, with the flow of the universe. We're going along with, with a creation the way it was meant to go along with, and we'll actually experience a better life because of it. So I wanna explore the first few chapters of Proverbs with you today. And, and let's look at how the, this concept of, of, of Christian living, that this idea of godly morality and wisdom uh, is maybe not exactly the way it's been presented to you or me in the past, but that the Old Testament is not as soggy as we think. It's got something beautiful and profound for you and me to guide us how we carve out a better life in 2022. So let's let's dive in, let's start with chapter one. We're gonna hit a few different chapters here this morning. And so at the very beginning, it's describing this book. This book is the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding and words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, but also let the wise listen, and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. For understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter one. Now I I highlighted a bunch of different words in there because I I wanna, you kinda notice something that there is a cumulative impact of all of these different words that Proverbs is talking about in its opening sentences that we've summarized it as wisdom, but, but the picture painted, each of those words has a different nuance, a different connotation, it means slightly different things. And the idea of, of all of these words in sequence, wisdom and learning and instruction and knowledge and discernment and prudence, all these different things, they, they paint a picture of a cumulative life, a life that is integrated around this concept of wisdom. See, in, the, in today's usage, wisdom means head knowledge. It means IQ or intellect. But in biblical language, that's not what wisdom was about. Wisdom was not about what you know. Wisdom was about how you lived, what you do. And the picture painted in the opening verses of Proverbs is not someone who's a know-it-all, someone who's self-righteous and has all the right answers and they're very happy to give them to the people around them. The picture painted of wisdom in Proverbs is someone whose life is integrated around one thing, where all of your thoughts, your relationships, your actions are rowing in the same direction towards a consistent goal. That's what wisdom is in the Bible. And rather than get into a word study on each of those words, I kind of thought maybe a a modern day example would be a better way of of depicting this concept of wisdom as something that's not just what you know, it's how you live. And the good modern day example that I thought of is Patrick Mahomes. And you guys know Patrick Mahomes? Uh, He is an all-star Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, And what uh, I like about him is not the team that he plays for, as a Coloradoan, I, I hate the team that he plays for, but what I like about him is that he lives this picture of an integrated life like what we see in Proverbs, right? See, if his passion is football, then every thought, action, and relationship that he does and has done for years is all integrated around that one thing. He he eats breakfast and his meals based on the calories that he needs for the day, and, and he, he he eats good stuff, healthy things, not what I eat, because he knows that if he ate cookies all day, he wouldn't perform well on the field. He he works out designed on the muscles that he needs to be able to chuck a football fifty yards down the field. Think about the relationships he's with. Who does he spend most of his time with? Fellow players and coaches, people that he can discuss and learn and get better at football with. What, how does he spend his time? What does he study? studies, plays, uh, and and tape on his opponents. He spends every part of his life is built around playing football the best that he can play it. That's an integrated life of wisdom. And so when we look at this biblical concept of wisdom, don't, don't settle for IQ or intellect. Picture this, that we are invited, you and I, into an integrated life around this one concept. For Patrick Mahomes, it's football. For us, we're invited to build a life around wisdom. Wisdom which will lead us to all the things that we would uh, technically want in life. But that's a point that gets skipped, I think, so much in in Christian conversation. See, all too often when I've had um, godly wisdom put at me, it's been presented without uh, an understanding of the context or the why. Why? People just tell you, they say, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do anything fun, because God says so. And, and they, they jump so quickly to the what of morality, but they miss the why of it. And so I want to do something different than what you maybe have heard before. I want to do like what Simon Sinek says, which is that you have to start with the why of things. That before you jump into the what of wisdom, what does it mean to have this integrated life? You have to start with why. And what I love is that this is not a new concept of Simon Sinek's either. This is something God does. God does it with us. The book of Proverbs, which if you've ever read any of it, you probably know that it's a lot of like one-liners of wisdom, lots of rules and principles uh, for how you should um, engage with friends, how you should use your money, how you should work. Um, it's all these rules. But before you get to any of those, those don't actually start till chapter 10. Before you get to all the rules, the principles, the moral guidance, God himself in the book of Proverbs starts with the Why? And so I want to let you hear directly from God himself, this is the why of the wise life that God desires for you and I to live, the life that he would guide us in through the Bible if we would only listen. So I want you to, I'm just gonna read Proverbs chapter three to you, most of it. uh, And I just want you to sit back and listen and hear God's own intentions. Listen for the why of the wisdom that God reveals to us in scripture. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. Why? Because if you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart because then you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Why? Because then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Because then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. By wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. By his knowledge, the deep fountains of the earth burst forth, and the dew settles beneath the night sky. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Wow. That's what I want for my life in 2022. It doesn't matter that it was written thousands of years ago. That's the picture of the life I'd like to build, a life of meaning and purpose that will endure don't we all want that? Don't, don't we want to be refreshed and, and a life that's satisfying? Don't we want to walk down delightful paths and sleep soundly because we know that God is looking out for us and he'll keep us from, from failure or destruction? This is the why. And what I love is that it comes directly from God himself that God wants these things for us. It's, It's not selfish or hedonistic or prosperity gospel for us to want these good things in life. God wants to give them to us. And this is the why of wisdom. God's not some cosmic killjoy who's trying to keep us from ever playing cards again. He wants us to live a life that satisfies, a life full of meaning and purpose. And what he's saying to us is that if we're willing to trust his wisdom, that we'll have those things. The why of the book of Proverbs, and in fact, the whole Bible, is so that we can receive the good life that God intends for us. So if we're willing to trust him, if we're willing to believe that that's actually God's intent, well, now we can look a little more deeply at what is this wisdom? What is this this thing that's been hardwired into creation that we've been invited to tap into? And we're going to be talking over the next few weeks about some specific steps and some of those rules and principles that we get into. But today, I just want to focus on the first step. See, the first nine chapters of Proverbs, they, they, they point a picture, paint a picture repeatedly that there's really just one simple first step for us to have access to the wisdom of God. Uh, and it repeats it a few times in the first nine chapters. See, it says it in chapter one. It says, this is it. You want the beginning of wisdom? You want that, that first step? It's, it's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, just like those earlier words in chapter one, uh, you know, there's a, a, we have a more simple connotation for fear these days. It really just means one thing. It means that there's a monster or something big that you should be scared of. But the Old Testament understanding of this word was, was far more robust. It was this beautiful concept that included within it reverence and awe. See, fear of the Lord is not just you should be afraid and run away. Fear of the Lord is an invitation to a a different way of relating to God. And it didn't just mean reverence and awe. Proverbs unpacks it a little bit more, too, if you keep going. In chapter 3, it says this. So what does it mean to fear in the Lord? Well, it means that you trust in the Lord with all your heart, that you lean not on your own understanding, and that in all your ways you submit to him because you believe that he will make your paths straight. And so do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. See, the first step of wisdom is to fear the Lord, which just simply means to submit to his will, to trust that he has your and my best interests at heart. And and that even if something maybe doesn't make sense or it feels like it's not not right, to, to know that God is with you in it, that he will be powerful and that his way is truly the best way for you and for your life. And in this opening invitation from Proverbs, you and I are actually invited to make a course correction for the trajectory of all of human history. You see, this section of Proverbs is pointing us back to the creation story, which if you know, uh, it's all the way back in Genesis chapters 1 through 3, where God made this garden and everything in it was good. And Adam and Eve were invited to just receive God's goodness to not have to worry about anything to just trust and submit to God's will for them and to know that it was good but if you know the story you know that doubt crept in you know that that they that they started to think to themselves can we really lean on God's goodness or would it be better for us to trust in our own understanding would it be better if we ourselves had knowledge of good and evil so that we could actually make the decision of what is best for us And that was the beginning of when creation went wrong. See, because if you've been around human beings at all, if you've interacted with people, you know that we often make really bad decisions and those decisions have consequences. They hurt us, they hurt other people. And that's exactly what happened. And in Proverbs, you and I are invited to reflect on that choice that Adam and Eve made so long ago where they preferred to lean on their own understanding because they thought They suspected that God might be holding out on them. And you and I are given the exact same choice. That we can, like the rest of the world, try to carve out the best lives for ourselves. We can try to rely on our own smarts, our own hard work, our own gifts and abilities, or we can make the first choice of wisdom, which is to trust that God has our best intent in mind that God will do good things in our life if we simply submit our lives and our choices to him. Now, on the one hand, that's an easy thing to say. It's a harder thing to do. But what I love then is that God spends the next few chapters of Proverbs, in fact, much of the rest of Scripture, going another level even deeper than that. He says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Trusting in me is the first step you need to take. But then he does something beautiful. He says, but you actually don't fully understand wisdom yet. You see, we think that wisdom is just a bunch of rules, principles, guidelines. When you're faced with a circumstance, there's a wise choice to make and there's a foolish choice to make. But God says, actually, my wisdom is so much bigger than that. God's wisdom is not a set of rules and principles. God's wisdom is personalized for you and for me. So if you keep moving ahead in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter eight, God describes his wisdom much more fully. He says, listen, listen as wisdom calls out. Wisdom's a person in this telling of Proverbs. Now here as understanding raises her voice, For on the hilltop along the road, wisdom takes her stand at the crossroads. And by the gates at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud, I call to you, to all of you, I raise my voice to all people. See, wisdom isn't an abstract set of concepts, wisdom is someone who is calling out to you and to me with the voice of God. And what I love is notice this that wisdom is calling to all people. See, as integrated a life as Patrick Mahomes might be living, there's just a truth that not everyone is called to the life of a professional athlete. I could work all all my day long, but if I don't have the genetic gifting to do it, I would never be able to do it. But conversely, wisdom, wisdom is for all people. It's something God wants for every single one of us. There is no one who is excluded from this promise and intent of God. And what is it that wisdom calls out to all of us, to you and me? Well, she keeps going. She says, so so listen, everyone, choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. See, she's saying that, that there's nothing in this life that we could delight in. Nothing that feels like it would be the life most satisfying that actually compares to the wisdom that God offers us that while all those things might seem tempting in the short term, that if we actually trusted God's intentions, the life that wisdom is calling us to would be far more satisfying, far better than gold, silver, rubies, Playstations, cars, retirement funds, pick your thing. Wisdom is better, God is saying. And, and, and how do we know that? How can we trust God in this? Well, wisdom keeps going and actually gives her resume. So here's why you should believe me. Because, wisdom says, I was there when God established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when when God set the limits of the seas so that they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence, and how happy I was with this world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family. See, wisdom describes herself so wonderfully. She reminds us of a couple of things. First of all, that she gets how it works. Wisdom helped build this place. And so just like if you were playing a game with the designer of the game and they told you that maybe you should make a certain move, you'd believe them because they built the game. They know how to win. And wisdom is saying, I'm the architect. I'm the one that built all of this. So when I'm telling you that this way is gonna work out better for you, you can believe me that I know what I'm talking about. But not only that, wisdom communicates and gives us a glimpse of their intent, that they rejoice in humanity. They delight in you and me. They have all of the knowledge and the understanding of how the world works and they want to use it for our sakes because they love us. Wisdom is not an abstract set of principles that we follow. Wisdom is God personified and he loves us. Wisdom itself is on our side. And in fact, wisdom makes that explicit in the next couple of verses. Look look at how wisdom keeps going because it says, I love all who love me. I love this humankind that I created. And, And here's this promise. Anyone who searches will surely find me. Keeps going. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me, they're just injuring themselves and and all who don't choose me are ultimately just choosing death. See, this is wisdom putting their heart on their sleeve saying, look, this is who I am. This is my background and this is my heart towards you. I love you. I want all of you to find me. I want all of you to have life. And does this start to sound like anyone else that you may have heard of in history? You see, there was a, there is an understanding and has been for thousands of years that here in Proverbs, God was giving us a preview, a glimpse of that second person of the Trinity, that Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, he came not just as a human being, but as the embodiment of God's own wisdom. And in fact, all of the earliest people that knew Jesus, they described him this way. John wrote about him that Jesus is the word, the logos, by whom all things were made. Jesus was the architect of creation. And Paul, in his first letter to the church at Corinth, he summarized Jesus' work this way. He said, look, guys, God has united you with Christ Jesus. It was for our benefit that God made Jesus to be the wisdom itself. Wisdom is personified poetically in Proverbs 8, but wisdom is personified literally in the person of Jesus Christ. Wisdom itself made flesh. And so therefore, the wisdom that is Christ Jesus made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. You see, before you get to a single rule... Before you get to a single principle, God wants us to understand not only the why, but the how and the what of wisdom. That wisdom is God himself fighting for us, carving out a better life with us, desiring our best good out of love, wanting us to find life, blessing, wonderful, built to last life here, but also a life eternal, with God in heaven, that will never end. And and this is where we get to the final difference between this wisdom that God invites us to and and the earthly wisdom of someone like Patrick Mahomes. You see, there's going to come a day where as integrated of a life as he has built, that he has oriented all of his thoughts, his relationships, and his actions around one passion, there's going to come a day where he gets a little old and his arm isn't going to be able to reach 50 yards down the field anymore and he's gonna get cut from the team. And in that day, he's gonna to have to figure out a new thing, a, a new passion, a new integrating desire in his life. Because human effort will always fall short. Even the most talented and successful among us, like a professional athlete, it will ultimately fall short for them. But you and I have been invited, have been gifted access to a divine power that will not fail. That the wisdom God wants us to know is not something that we have to earn for ourselves or strive every moment of the day. It is a gift to us in the person of Jesus Christ that if we simply receive it, will then guide us and help us craft a life better than any we could craft out of our own strength. One of the great Christian writers of this century, Eugene Peterson, he, he summarized this concept so beautifully in one of his books, this is what he said. I said people think living the christian life is hard but actually no the easiest thing in the world is to be a christian what is hard is to be a sinner see being a christian it's actually what we were created for the life of faith has the support of an entire creation and the resources of a magnificent redemption the structure of this world was created by god so that we could live in it easily and happily as his children The history we walk in has been repeatedly entered into by God, most notably in Jesus Christ, first to show us and then to help us live a life full of faith and exuberant with purpose. In the course of Christian discipleship, we discover that without Christ, we were actually doing it the hard way and that with Christ, we are doing it the easy way. It is not Christians who have it hard, but non-Christians. And he can say that so confidently because non-Christians, however their gifts and strengths might be, are ultimately trying to make a meaningful life out of their own mortal, flawed efforts. But you and I have been granted something better. A God who not only loves us and desires the best things for us, but who has put his own son, his own power and wisdom personified at our disposal. And so instead of us having to live a life of constant choices and trying to make right decisions and right actions, there's really only one simple choice that Proverbs is inviting us to make, and it's one of the simplest and easiest if we would just trust God enough to make it. Can we believe that God is for us, that Jesus Christ, wisdom personified, is fighting for us. Can we choose to have fear of the Lord be the driving goal of our life? To let all of our thoughts, our relationships, and our actions be integrated around this one desire to trust God and his wisdom better. And to let him do the hard work of creating a better life for us, not just in 2022, but for all time. That's the choice Proverbs is inviting you to make and it's one that I hope you will wrestle with and that you will make along with me today. Amen. So as part of that choice, I want to invite you to do something that our church is gonna be spending the month of January doing. We're gonna be reading the book of Proverbs. And what's cool about this is that Proverbs has 31 chapters, and the month of January has 31 days. And so we're doing a church-wide initiative that we'd love you to join us, that each day of the calendar month, we're going to read the the chapter that matches that day. And so you can start right now. Today is January 2nd. Just flip to Proverbs chapter 2 and just read it sometime this afternoon. And then tomorrow, read chapter three, and the next day after that. Uh, and in fact, if that's something that, you, that sounds appealing and that you think would be a great way to jumpstart your year, we'll even help you out. If you text GROWING to 43506, that's G R O W I N G to 43506, you'll get a daily reminder in your email with some questions uh, and just a thing for you to reflect on for that chapter that day. And what I believe and I hope that you will find is that far from an empty set of joy-killing rules for life that are either too boring or too hard to live up to, I think what you'll find is a God who with every pearl of wisdom that he drops communicates his love and delight in you, the life of satisfaction and joy that he wants to help you build here and now and that you will receive with each and every day that you read His divine strength to get you through not only your days, but your years. So I hope that you'll do that with us. And I hope that you will be rejuvenated and find a life built to last as we read the book of Proverbs together. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. If you would like to hear more messages like this, hit the subscribe button. You can also find more resources at our website, pathfinderstl.org.